Hey, you guys. So welcome back to the So Lux Life podcast. I'm super excited about tonight's episode. It's the second episode of the new year. Um, I did have some other authors on last week, but I have a special author on tonight. Um, <laughs> I have guest B.A. Watson Jr. He is an author, all-around great person. So I'm going to give you guys some time to tune in because we, we have some tea to talk about tonight. And I'm sure y'all saw that mess on Capitol Hill. And we're going to address that in just a bit. So definitely like, share, comment. Let's go. Welcome to the So Lux Life Podcast, where our goal is to enhance the mental, physical, and spiritual luxuries in life. Make your life luxurious through knowledge, coaching, training, and technique. Visit us online at soulluxlife.com. Here's your host, Crispin J. Watson. So we are here. Super excited that you all could join us. Um, so we're just going to get right into it. Um, I'm going to let him introduce himself to you guys. I'm a firm believer in nobody can tell you about yourself better than you. So thanks for coming on the podcast tonight. Thanks for having me. Um, just want to say for those of you who don't know, Kristen and I are also cousins. Um my name is Bryant Watson Jr., but I'm known as BJ. I was born and raised in Mississippi. I grew up in Casilla in the country. Um, I graduated from Charleston High School. Uh, after that, I went to college at the University of Arkansas for two years, where I pursued a degree in psychology at the time. And then I... Uh, lived and worked full-time in Arkansas for a while, and I just recently relocated to Seattle a year ago, where I work as a barista and am writing on the side, trying to become a full-time author. Full-time author, I love it. So have you just always loved writing? Um, Is it something that you've always been passionate about? At what point did you realize, you know, like, oh, I wanna be an author, I I wanna pursue a career in writing? Um, it actually started when I was like very young, actually in like elementary school when I used to read uh, Junie B. Jones. <laughs> I'm sure we all remember Junie B. Jones, those of us who are like in our late 20s now. Um, I used to read those books a lot and then I used to like create my own like little paper books and like write books similar to that. So even at the age of eight, I was like a big fan of like writing my own stories and this and that. And then I kind of fell out of it once I got to like junior high and high school because of everything else that I was going through naturally with growing up and stuff like that. But once um, I took a break from college, I got back into writing because I started watching like TV shows and got back into reading more. And that was when I realized that I wanted to to like resume my writing. Most definitely. I don't know if you can hear Grant screaming right now. Uh-huh. I oh my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> my mom likes. <laughs> he just doesn't stop. He's probably mad because he can't run in here right now. So I like that. So oh. um kind of tell me about how was the transition from growing up in a small town, Castilla, and and moving to a large city like Seattle. That's like night and day. And if y'all haven't been out there in the country to where Cusilla is, you probably never will go unless you have a reason. So. <laughs> no, you won't be down there unless you got a reason to go. Um, it's, it's very different, not so much. Um, I mean, obviously like the population is very different. I wasn't uh, used to being around so many people and like it's way more fast paced than where I grew up, you know, and I, uh, it's always, I always feel like I'm on the go here as opposed to when I was in Casilla, when you could just, you know, just spend the whole day just doing, like, relaxing and doing nothing. And, like, I don't know. I just feel like because there's so much out there, I always feel like I should be doing something, like, productive now. Not that I didn't feel like that in Mississippi, but it's just I just feel like it's just right out the window now and not, like, miles away, as opposed to where 
I was in Casilla. But literally um, away, like deep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like I I have like I have Wi-Fi here back then. I had like dial up internet connection, like stuff like that. <laughs> Y'all just don't know. Like, we know we love it. That's where we're from. We got roots there. But it's just one of those things, yeah. like, you have to get out and just explore other things. Um, did you, were you kind of scared to move up there? Were you just like, look, I'm ready to go. I'm just gonna... Did you know um, anybody? Was it people you knew? I wasn't, I wasn't scared at all. I've always been, like, a big city person. Like, even when we would go to, like, family reunions and stuff that were in big cities, I was not, like... Oh my gosh! I don't know. I don't know what to do. Or we should go when people would be like, "We should go here." Then I'm like, "Okay, let's go." Let's I'm the who <laughs> wanted to live in a big city. So when I got here, I wasn't so much as scared of the city itself. I was just scared because I was on my own. Really, um, I knew I knew people because I had visited Seattle a few times before I visited. So through social media and stuff, I definitely like told people that I was moving. So I've made some friends here because of that. So that kind of helped this past year, uh, living in a new city. But I wasn't scared, not at all. Mm -mm. Yeah. <laughs> um. So I see. You know, you you're a pretty nice, open, friendly person there. Um. So you don't really have trouble making friends or meeting people. Mm -hmm. It's one of those kind of out there. So um, let's talk about. First of all, we're gonna talk about this wonderful book that you wrote. <laughs> Before we get to the other part, <laughs> before we get to the other stuff here. So um, you did write Hazenwood and very great read. Like if you all haven't purchased his book, um, definitely go do so. You can buy it on Amazon here and I'll pull it up so you guys can have a better look at what it actually looks like. This is it. You can shop it on Amazon.com. Get it on Kindle for $3.99. Um, but definitely purchase the paperback. Got mine here. Absolutely love the book. Um, very easy Thank read. <laughs> and honestly, I read it um just in a few days. I read it while I was working, like at work one day. <laughs> so <laughs> they thinking I'm probably reading, studying something productive for a job. I'm like, no, I'm reading this, <laughs> this book over here. So kind of tell me, tell me what was your concept behind Hazelwood? Um, how long did it take you to write it? And just kind of just tell us all about it. Um, Hazelwood came like right around, the, like right after I had taken my break from college. And so I wanted to tell a story about kids while they were starting college. I wanted to go through that experience uh, with these five different people and their five different experiences at um, college. And so I uh, just thought of some something that would be relevant to what's going on in the world today. And I can't say what happens in the book because that will spoil it. But as you know, something that does happen in the book is very relevant to what's going on in the country. Like we see it on the news like all the time. Um, but I wanted to do that and like write something that people who have gone to college would, uh, what's the word? They would connect with or understand, I guess. Um, and it probably took me, I feel like this one took me less than what it normally takes me to write now. I feel like that one, I feel like Hazelwood maybe took me like six months, but that's because it's not as long as what I'm writing now. Cause I've grown as a writer so I make I make scenes more descriptive now and I develop characters longer and what now now it takes me like a year to write a manuscript but Hazelwood only took like six months yeah oh wow so um so kind of are you able to walk us through the characters like don't give the story away but just kind of walk through the characters since it was like um a couple different teenagers from all different walks of life one that was yeah. kind of I like two friends who had someone dealing with some um, weight issues they were insecure mm -hmm. about. Yeah. Um, so there's Kyle, who's kind of like the main character of the five. And he is someone who just moved to Georgia. Uh, yeah, Hazelwood is a fictional town set in Georgia. Um, and he just moved there to go to college and he lives. You find out that he lives with his aunt and uncle, or he was with his aunt and uncle because he unfortunately lost his parents in a car accident. 
And it's just basically his journey on finding these new friends and opening up to these people as he kind of becomes comfortable in a new setting, which is mm -hmm. part that a lot of college students go through. Um, and then he, you know, he has, uh, he meets Olivia and Hallie, two girlfriends, one who is in, who has like relationship issues. That's like the, that's like the broad description I'll give Hallie. She <laughs> had a lot going on. <laughs> she had a lot going on. And then you have Olivia who struggles with self-image and weight issues, which I think a lot of girls definitely go through, not just in college, but throughout many days of their lives. Look, I'm um, dealing with it now. I'm always feeling like I can lose a few <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And then you have, you know, a fairly different perspective from Colton, someone who's a white, privileged, rich male who doesn't really have anything to worry about in that spectrum, like his friends do, but he also has like, this kind of- People that were out there on Capitol Hill. Yeah, yeah. I feel like I feel like a lot of the people that were out there on Capitol Hill would be like in Colton's family. Even, yeah. though, Colton might not, even though Colton might not be like them, but they're, they're his family members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh huh. And then. It's for me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. And oh, I forgot the last one. Who was the last one? Lord. Um. Did you go over what's the B one? Bright was it? No. It starts with a B. I can't even remember. That's so sad. Bryce was it? Bryce. Bryce. It is Bryce. I think it is Bryce. Yeah. That's Kyle's roommate. You he, wrote the book, Arthur. I know. <laughs> Look, I, I've written so much since Hazelwood. I can't believe, yeah, I can't believe I forgot him. But, <laughs> and you know what? I can't even say that. But uh, no, Bryce is, um, uh, he becomes uh, Kyle's best friend in the book. And he also has his own personal issues that, deal with his um like sexuality which is what a lot of kids go through in college as well and yeah i just felt like hazelwood hit different points of college of people's lives when they go through college but as they also kind of lean on each other each other to get through those experiences so it's like a it's like a drama that kind of touches on romance friendship social issues all up in this one like freshman year <laughs> yes, most definitely because the book is so good like i'm not even just saying that just because we're related because you guys like, i keep it real if it wasn't good like i wouldn't even look <laughs> here like for real i'm like mm, i don't know <laughs> i really wouldn't but it's a, honestly it really is a good read it will catch your attention like as soon as you open the book and i haven't read a good fiction book like this in a long time to be honest um, so we're definitely excited about Hazenwood too. Do you have like an estimated date so, by So I decided a, like maybe a year or two ago to just leave Hazenwood where it was. Just to leave a lot to the imagination. I know your face. <laughs> yeah, no, I decided to just leave Hazenwood where it was just because I felt like I wanted the readers to just like take what was had and just let their imagination run with what that was and just you know have all these kind of questions in their own head but so there will not be a with two i proceeded to kind of shift in fiction to more like thrillers and mysteries that's like my new thing now which is mm -hmm. yeah so i have a lot of ideas for that genre that i'm working on oh most definitely um so uh, we have some questions over here. Someone said, um, do you have any new projects in the works? Hey, Tori. <laughs> um, yeah, I do actually. I am currently editing a manuscript that I am querying to literary agents. Um, and I've been doing that for the past like three months. Uh, I'm trying to find a literary agent to represent me, therefore they can submit my manuscript to publishing companies. So um, yeah, I'm working on that and I have two other manuscripts that I will be beginning uh, beginning shortly. So yeah, so I have some stuff I'm working on. I can't say anything about it, but yeah. 
Got some stuff in the works, you know, kind of like yeah. you know, don't let you know what you're working on, but when right. it drops, exactly it drops. when it drops, when it drops, it drops, and you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> Most definitely, I'm um, Tori said he's excited. I'm excited too, I really am because you're so talented, and um, it's just amazing. Because I know you say like you went from six months to writing Hayes and Wood, so did you kind of put yourself on a schedule when you wrote it? Like, I'm going to dedicate this amount of hours every day to write. The book or you just kind of wrote it as it came um with hazelwood i definitely put myself on um a schedule you know i i uh i made the schedule around my work schedule i was like okay i'm gonna get home at nine o'clock at night i'll write from 9 30 to 11 and just stop this and that sometimes i would go over if i got like really into it and i would just keep writing but um so i would definitely be like be like oh i need to write a thousand words this day, 2,000 words this day, because I want to be done by this and that. Now, now I kind of, because I want to be a full-time author, I kind of treat it like it's a full-time job. So oh. I, so I, I write as much as I can every day, like no matter what time of day it is, if I get up and I feel like writing, I just open it and just, even if it's like a paragraph, I'll just write it. And then if I don't want to write anymore, if I don't have anything that I, want to put out right now. I'm like, okay, that's enough for right now. Maybe I'll come back to it today. But I'm trying to treat it more like a full-time job. Oh, I love it. Um, that just shows that you have self-discipline. And um, yeah. it takes a lot to actually do that. I'm actually very impressed because I need to put myself more on a time frame, uh, especially when it comes to like my real estate and other things that I'm trying to mm -hmm. prevent and just... Um, I need to set like a set schedule to where I say, hey, I'm not taking any personal calls during this hour. I'm not entertaining any petty texts during this hour. Mm -hmm. like, I'm going to really <laughs> dedicate um, what I'm doing and focus more on that particular project. Um, so I do admire that about you. I really do. Um, definitely Thank stay you. at it. Um, another question. How do you stay so focused? How do I stay so focused? Mm-hmm. It's from our audience. Wine. <laughs> wine. My wine. My motto is write drunk, get it sober. I'm not kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, really. I write I write under the influence. And then I the next day I'll go back with what I wrote and like edit it and like sharpen it up a little bit. But that's how I stay focused, truly. It doesn't work for everybody. Everybody has their own like writing techniques. And this and that, but I'm going. Listen, I have like some Chardonnay, and before you know it, I've written like five thousand words in like two hours. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you, <laughs> here, trust me. Um, like I said on the last episode, I'm still working. Like I have, I have something I just haven't published. Honestly, it's been written for like a couple of years now since I went mm -hmm. through an incident in a past relationship, but um. Like sometimes you can just really get into it and just keep get going and, and don't stop. So um, with that being said, so what advice um, do you have for me for when I get ready to hopefully publish my works? What advice would you give like a person that's trying to become an author? Um, well, first I would say is to write, write down the, the goal that you have for the story and write down what you see the story becoming on the manuscript in your, like on notes or something. Just like write it down and kind of, uh, kind of like kind of like a chart or something like that, like, a, like notes or something. So you can like create the flow of your story and just like think about if it's fictional or not fictional, think about the characters that you wanna include and what you want these characters to go through. Think about the plot. Think about what you want. Think about the audience that you're reaching out to, like what um, audience that you're targeting with what you're writing about. Because um, a lot of that goes through my mind when I'm writing. It's like, think about if you're wanting to get like published, think about where you want your book to be on the shelf. Like, who do you want your book to be beside? Or like, what genre you want it to be under? Uh, I think those are all like things to consider when you're writing. And also wow. just if you like the story in general, like for you, like obviously first and foremost, you should be writing for you. Like, do you like this story yourself? Like if you were to read it, not knowing who wrote it, would you like the story? So mm -hmm. 
That's not um, right. Look at that's very good advice. So kind of look at it from like an outside perspective. Like if I was in Barnes mm-hmm. and Noble and pick this up, like what I want to read. Right. Um, yeah. Because it's really it's really easy to become biased when you're writing your own story. Uh, so sometimes you have to put yourself in that other perspective, in my opinion. Most definitely. And very it very is very easy to become biased. Um and a lot of things in life, speaking of which, um oh, like people are we, life. Are we, are we about to get we, into it now? We get into it. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I needed to hear bias. That's what Spark did. Because um, it just amazes me. It, it really does amaze me. I follow a lot of different people here on social media. Um, and, you know, it's just free games, just honestly how I feel about it. Um People don't believe that systemic racism is still alive. And if you Mm -hmm. watch your TV two days ago, when this mess of domestic terrorism occurred on live TV with Congress, then you, my friend, are part of the problem. And you know, who's ever listening to this, that may be one of the few that feel like what they did on Capitol Hill was not wrong you are the first to voice an opinion when it comes to Black Lives Matter, you are part of the problem. You really are. Um, But of course, you won't see it outside of the privilege that you've grown up with, nor the the privilege that's still um, intact today, apparently, because you and I both know, had that been a group of us Mm -hmm. out there on Capitol Hill. Oh, we wouldn't have made it off the line, girl. Six feet under right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tear gas. Stumped out. They were about yeah. to walk the hoses out. <laughs> <laughs> it would have uh, been like, like, no lie. Like, this would have been like a march in Selma. Like, this, that's like, come on. So, growing up, like, in Seattle, um, and if people don't know, Mississippi is a very racist state, mm-hmm. along with Alabama and a lot of other states here in the South. You know, racism occurs everywhere, but that is nice and prevalent down here, and they don't hide it. Like, it's, it's out there. Um, so, mm-hmm. kind of, have you ever had any racist experiences, um, like growing up in Mississippi or in Arkansas or even in your time in Seattle? Um. So like you said, racism is everywhere. I feel like the racism here in Seattle is more passive aggressive and kind of like backhanded. You know, you kind of just pick up on little things. They don't, white people don't necessarily say anything. It's just like body language and mannerisms that you kind of notice. You know, all black people notice that, you know, it's just little things like that. So I kind of just, you know, I'm like, oh girl, whatever. You know me, but. (laughs) um. In looking back on it now, growing up in Mississippi, I was a straight A student in school and my teachers, I specifically remember one of my uh, math teachers did just did not like me because I was smart, because I was like a smart boy in her class. And I was the smartest kid in her class. I don't think she liked math. A black boy was the smartest kid in her class. And she, I was too young to notice it then, but like looking back on it now, I knew exactly what her deal was. And luckily I've never seen her since then because I would have had some words for her. But <laughs> um, that's like the first case of racism I can see. And I mean, as you know, my high school, we had segregated proms until 2008. Do you remember that? Do you remember Prom Night in Mississippi? When that whole documentary thing happened with Morgan Freeman and- Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah, so high school proms were racially segregated at my high school until 2008. So. That's a shame. <laughs> it really is. It's honestly sad yeah. and very disheartening because my school, um, you know, like we had two separate cheerleading teams and they didn't say mm. it verbatim. Um, but one team, majority white, other team, all black. Like it was just mm-hmm. a thing, like that segregation. 
was still there. And I remember yeah. like we would play other schools and sometimes we would talk to their cheerleaders. They're like, y'all have two separate cheerleading teams? Like, no, nah, like mm -hmm. we do it all. Like, <laughs> like <Yeah>. no. <laughs> yeah, other schools, other schools really did used to look at us like, I don't get it. Like we all go to class together. We're all gonna graduate together. Why do everything else separately? But yeah, um, Mississippi, was in that sense why I would not want to go back. <laughs> like, I, I am proud to be from Mississippi. Don't get me wrong. And I'm proud of like where I was raised and how I was raised, but mm, mm. it's just different. That it's different down there. <laughs> they real different. Like they different down there. Like. Y'all don't understand. I'm not, and I've told this story before on the podcast, but I didn't like. You know, I've always seen um, racist acts happen, like in front of my eyes, but it was never really like directed towards me until I moved here, um, where I was working for a finance company. I was the manager, and one of my employees got into it with a Caucasian customer on the phone because she couldn't pay her bill that she was supposed to pay on time. So, uh -huh. you know, people get mad when their money get involved. But anyway, so <laughs> because this black male was calling her to collect the money and she, and I heard the whole conversation, like I'm sitting right there while they're arguing on the phone. Mm -hmm. And the phone, I'm like, okay, now, yeah, let's keep it professional. But like, yeah. I get it. And then she calls me to complain on them. And I'm like, yeah, ma'am, you know, who were you speaking with? <laughs> um, like going to the hospital, what was their name? And she, um, she's like the color boy that works in there. I was mm. like, color? Mm -hmm. so, um, like, I, I didn't even know people still said that. <laughs> I, like, I didn't either. It's so strange. It's like, what decade are you living in? <laughs> but but those these these people that we're talking about are the same ones who are trying to justify the actions that occurred two days ago, and the same ones that have been defending Donald Trump for the last five years. And black people are not shocked that this happened. We're more so infuriated because I'm not I'm not shocked at all that everything is happening like this. It's just really infuriating and unfortunate of the response that it's getting. Like mm -hmm. the police and all that. And I just want to say this, that the police, Donald Trump, the KKK, all of that, they are one and the same. They are all one and the same. And yeah. you can't convince me otherwise, especially after what I saw two days ago. That's the and modern no plan. Not everybody, because it's some of us on the force, but I really believe like that's undercover, the modern day Ku Klux Klan. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we saw we saw videos. We saw videos of cops taking selfies with them. We saw videos of cops opening the gates and waving them in. And we saw how many cops were outside the Capitol that day that Black Lives Matter was coming to protest and how differently they responded two days ago. So anyone who is like saying that Yeah, so anyone who is like saying that System of racism doesn't exist, or racism doesn't exist, this and that. They are seeing what they want to see. And that's it. Mm -hmm. That's like, yeah. And I'm so happy that he's leaving in whatever many days. Because you lost, girl. You just lost. <laughs> it's a wrap. Sorry. You got it's 12 more days. Get on up out of here. Yeah. Like, 12 days like, is too long, but still. <sighs> it's been a mess. Um, because yeah. at the end of the day, if you are in a position of leadership and authority, it is your due diligence um, to put your feelings aside. Like, we get it, you mad because you lost the election. Like, mm -hmm. let's do it, let's speak the facts here. Like, don't, mm -hmm. don't entice this, this type of behavior. Um, and you know, just turn your head and act like it's okay. Then you come out reading this scripted. Oh, making this scripted speech about yeah, you know that wasn't right. This and that. No, where where was that energy during the George Floyd protest? Right. Uh huh. 
Yeah. Because you were tween about 10 years in prison, right? <laughs> Let's keep that energy but, for these terrorists that were out there. But but he can't he can't denounce them because he knows that these are the people that are supporting and uplifting him, which is why he won't denounce the police because 80% of police are Trump supporters. 80% of the police voted for Trump, so. So sad. Yeah. It's actually, it's really scary to be honest. It's terrifying. It yeah, really is. It's terrifying. <laughs> Which is why we should all be safe out there. And it shouldn't be out there anyway, because we're in the middle of a pandemic, which is a whole other subject. But and that's another thing. None of them were wearing masks. Not so a mask. They need to sanitize, they need to sanitize the whole Capitol building. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Y'all don't come in here infected about COVID all in here because this one <laughs> said it was a hoax. He said it wasn't real. Like, yeah. come on, like people, yeah, America, we have to do better. Like these past yeah. couple of days, it's kind of it's almost embarrassing because you know other countries are looking at us and like laughing, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. After a like, pandemic, and they're like, wow, the virus still there. Y'all president got this mob at the Capitol. Meanwhile, summertime is coming over here, girl. Happy 2021. <laughs> They're going to be out celebrating. And you know where we're going to be? In the house. Exactly. <laughs> In the house. I just can't quite wait. Yeah. So many people are dying. Like, um, the leadership through this whole pandemic has honestly been mm-hmm. disheartening. It's been reckless. Yeah. Um, I say I wouldn't even call it leadership. It's neglect. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much all it is there. Um, But, you know, hopefully everybody learns something from this. And if your eyes were sheltered before, hopefully now you kind of see the light. If you can't see the difference in what happened on Capitol Hill compared to a Black Lives Matter protest, which was so anti-American, you had such a problem with someone kneeling to the flag that was so unpatriotic what what was this yeah they love to and they love to use the term peaceful protest kneeling for the national anthem was a peaceful protest and they had an issue with that that's about as peaceful as you can get that's, that's about as peaceful as a protest you can get mm-hmm. like, kneeling silently during the national anthem is about as peaceful as you can get at this point those type of people i'm just like just say you hate black people and go because we all know that that's what it is just stand and that's the thing so many i see so many trump supporters are so silent right now not necessarily on my facebook because i'm not friends with any of them i got rid of them like back in 2015 <laughs> 2016 but so many people are silent on social media now, and I'm like, where, where are you? Say it, say the racism with your chest, girl. Come out. I want to see it now. I want to right. see Keep that energy. <laughs> Keep that same energy you had, you know, when you was outside chanting "Stop the count" and all that. Man, keep that energy now. Say it with your chest. Don't, don't, don't send me all these think pieces on this, this, and that. No, no. Just say you don't like black people. Say you say you're racist. Say you don't want I any of this. So much more. <laughs> you are open to feel like that. We're not saying you have to like us. You don't. Everybody's no, just saying you do not have to like, <laughs> like black people. You don't. You don't have to like black people. That's cool. That's cool. I have a friend. She was black. She didn't like Mexicans. Like that's what she chose to do. <laughs> oh god. But what she did not do was ever. Um, turn a blind eye to what was going on and the unfair mm-hmm. treatment. You know, it's never right yeah. to not like somebody. But I mean, you you are your own person. You are open to feel however mm-hmm. you want to feel about people, and that's just that. But it's just the ones that that fake it, like mm-hmm. oh, I love everybody. I'm Christian. I be the ones that have you know lover of Jesus in their bio. But I see you on the news posts, like, going in. Like, not really expressing the love of Christ. So let's just stop. Yeah. Yeah. Let's stop with the minute. <laughs> Sam said Obama would never. <laughs> oh, listen. They, 
And that's another thing about the standard that they were being held to because Obama and Michelle had to be like close to perfect those eight mm-hmm. years because had Obama done a smidgen of what Donald Trump did, or even if he had said anything nearly as bad as Donald Trump, they would have been offered Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, he finally got banned. He got banned today, like permanently. I mean, it took I, the whole it took the whole time, but still, <laughs> it took four years. But y'all, y'all did some. Got it. Got it. <laughs> we moving in the it's right just, direction a little bit, a little mm-hmm. bit too late, but y'all did uh, uh, it. Very late, very very late. It's like this no is what did it. This is this is what did it. <laughs> this what it took. <sighs> but yeah. for y'all to throw out on Capitol Hill. Federal building. And that, like, all this mess, like, to bring it full circle, it, you do, I think that Black people, we do need to take care of ourselves mentally with all this, because, like, all this grief that's been happening in the past few months, you know, with uh, protests and, you know, having a president who does not care about us, a pandemic that's affecting us at higher rates than any other race. I do think that black people need to take care of themselves mentally and to bring them back to me personally, that's why I have been writing more because that's like my safe space. I get in my house to kind of get into this bubble of this fictional world when creating these characters who are mostly black that are, you know, just being happy and going through their own like happy lives. So that's another thing. Writing can be very helpful mentally as well. Yes, mental health in the black community, especially with it. This just brings a whole nother level to it. Um, because you know, everybody told you to be strong and everything, but it's a terror. I even get scared when I get pulled over by the police. I'm not even lying. When mm-hmm. I know like, I was, I might just be getting pulled over for speed, and I'm like, oh god, like. Mm-hmm. Let me hope I don't end up like the next hashtag. Like it's just one yeah. of those like I've experienced racism with the police. Um they pulled me over one night <laughs> on the way to my sister's house. And mm-hmm. make a long story short, if I was really doing anything, they would have written me a ticket, right? But mm-hmm. instead, I'm out here taking a sobriety test. These people saying they're going to take me to jail. They're like, you got two options. Because I had a wristband on, which I did just okay. leave the bar. But I wasn't drunk. Like, I know, okay. literally, I had no more, like, in my limit. So way. under the like, limit. Yeah. Yeah, like, I was nowhere near it. Like, I literally <laughs> taped it. And it was like, mm, and I just kind of put it down. But I had the wristband mm-hmm. on. Like, yeah, you've been out drinking to the bar tonight. I was like, yeah, I do have a drink. Um, like, I'm not drunk or anything. And mm-hmm. like, doing the most, like, he was like, you can either come with us to the station, we'll draw your blood, or you could do a field sobriety test. So I'm out there like an hour of my life doing a sobriety test. But, and so all that's done, I passed a sobriety test, and I'm like, okay, so y'all aren't gonna write me a ticket for whatever, all like all of this for nothing. <laughs> you just leave. Mm-hmm. So it was a mess. So yeah, but it happens. Yeah, so it's just a different reality. We all just black people and white people out. We just culturally everything is all. It's just different. Different mm-hmm. world. It's so different. <sighs> but hopefully this year will get better than the way it started. <laughs> it's already off to an interesting start Listen, now. We're only we're only a week in. One Look, week in. We haven't uh, even got to, that didn't happen when that happened. It wasn't even a full seven days yet, and we're like, no. oh, I, yeah. And I can only I imagine we, what's going to happen at the inauguration. Well, Trump will be there. He already said he wouldn't be there. And Joe Biden was basically like, well, if you weren't invited. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, nobody was really going to be checking for you to be there. Wait. <laughs> thanks, um, thanks for telling us. Uh, but yeah, I just really think that they should up the security for that, mm. for Joe and Kamala, because I do feel like his cults will definitely be out and about. And that's yeah. a thing. 
I'm not so much upset that they were protesting because you have the right to protest. I mean, when Hillary lost, people protested. You know what I mean? Um, mm -hmm. Like you have that right. It's just the, the way it, attacking the Capitol building. That was what got me. Me and too. Yeah. And the aid of the officials that were supposed to be protecting it, the same official mm -hmm. that can shoot us point blank and mm -hmm. get a slap on the wrist. Yeah, we we actually have to have our murders on video for y'all to believe it. I can guarantee oh, yeah. if if the whole George Floyd video didn't come out, that would have got spun any kind of way. Would have mm -hmm. said he was the aggressor. Um, the police was scared for his life. We know we know mm -hmm. the script. Like even I know it now. I was scared for mm -hmm. my life. I'm pulling the trigger. I didn't know he was being aggressive. I thought I saw a gun. He was reaching for something like mm -hmm. we literally have to have to happen on national tv for it to really spark um and click in someone's head and that's Which, just to get the officers like arrested <laughs> not even convicted just arrest. arrested right. that's just to get them arrested or to get them like suspended or whatever mm -hmm. yeah black people are tired we are so tired we but are. we will prevail we will prevail and rise because we always do Michelle said, when they go low, we go high. <laughs> I be trying. <laughs> I try, but sometimes I get low right there with them, so I can't even. Sometimes I be right down there with them, Michelle. <laughs> 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 In the trenches with them. Uh, we'll take it too far, like for real, they really will. But you definitely have to be the bigger person sometimes. But I ain't all the way there yet, so don't don't yeah. try me on that. Like, I'm not the one. So. But in 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 other happy news, um, so what are some of your goals for the future? Um, outside of your books, um, just come to like your personal goals, your life goals. Um, I mean, I'm on a fitness journey right now. <laughs> So trying to get fit, more fit. Um, I told my friends that I just wanted to maintain healthy relationships with the people that are already in my life. So my oh. friends that I've made here in Seattle, my friends back in Arkansas, friends in Mississippi, and family. I, you know, we've had the Zoom calls. I haven't missed the last two just because I think in this day and time, it's important that we all keep in touch with each other like that just because who knows when we'll see each other in person again. Right. Um, protecting my mental health, like I mentioned earlier, because I think that there's so much happening in the world that is affecting black people mentally at a greater rate than everybody else. So I'm trying to protect my mental health. Um, romance, ooh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we're trying to get a bag. Like these people don't want to act like we right. We're not gonna force yeah. them. So. <laughs> exactly. Like I'm in my bag right now. You know, I'm working towards. <laughs> I'm working towards. You know, my career and trying to, you know, get my work out there and become successful through that. And everything else will just fall into place. Like my mom said, you know, everything else will just come naturally. So I, I've made peace with that, and it's just nice to just be living life for myself. At oh my age. Yeah. I'm there too. Like I'm there right yeah. now. Like you know, if you in my life, cool. If you not, even better because I sleep peacefully yeah. at night. It's a great. I, it's a great, great feeling. Yeah. yeah. Like just having that self love and that self confidence. Um, mm -hmm. to know that like another person doesn't divide you. Like I'm yeah. a firm believer. Like what's for you is for you. And sometimes, like, God won't allow us to be with people so we can kind of step back and focus on what we're doing and our purpose instead of, like, making the next person happy. So we'll yeah. have to do a relationship podcast another day because I could go all night. Uh, okay, you might have to put an explicit sign by that one. Someone's <laughs> <laughs> like, after dark. <laughs> I know. Like, tell all the aunties not to go to bed. <laughs> for <laughs> but as I can hear my son screaming, so I'm gonna what? jump off. But I'm so I'm, Alvin said vegan power, baby. Look. <sighs> Maybe <laughs> we getting there. 
I said I'm on a fitness journey, so me and vegan might make his way in there somehow. I'm on a fitness journey too, but I still been eating meat. Glenn, that being bread, I gotta get right. I have been eating like I used to eat. Um, yeah, eating fast food. Really, I mean more salads. I said I'm gonna start mm. working out and give it to my old self because when the world open back. Back, back, back up. Listen, listen, listen. Okay, <laughs> I'm going everywhere. Look, do you hear me? Like anything, nothing. You invite me to it, I'm coming. So I know. <laughs> like, oh, you want to back there? Seattle, I'll be there. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I'm ready. I'm so ready. I but am. in the meantime, you know, just taking care of myself. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. So have you been like quarantining pretty good? You're not like one of the ones living life on the last year. No, I I I am not the one I am not the black people you see at the club. <laughs> <laughs> and I and yes, I said it. Y'all know who y'all are. Um <laughs> I am not the ones out on the street without a mask. Everywhere I go, I have my mask. I wash my hands when I when I get back home, when I Leave the home, whatever. I believe me, I am taking care of myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm just not out and about. Um, somebody, Alvin said, "Let's go to the Capitol." They weren't wearing <laughs> their masks there. I'm sorry. <laughs> they Miss Rona all over that place now. We ain't going to the Capitol. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For real, like no. So, have you like are you kind of work in the general public? Um, say you're a barista. So, have you seen people just come in there without a mask on, like, like COVID? Yeah, night? we we have had people that have come in. Like, let me just say, y'all, the mask goes over your nose. I don't know why that is so hard to come in. It should. I should exactly. not be. Your nostrils should not be staring at me. This does nothing. <laughs> this does absolutely nothing. Your nostrils should not be staring at me. But <laughs> we haven't had any like major uh, ordeals with people who aren't wearing masks. Because I work next to a hospital. So a lot of the people that come in are people that work at the hospital. So they pretty much have their stuff together. But so no, thankfully I haven't had to deal with any Karens uh, without the mask because we all, we all know how that would go. And that's just a blessing in disguise. <laughs> that's so funny though but like you ought to see them down here i'll be in walmart oh, yeah. they like they ain't wearing their mask no, uh, no, even she doesn't have her mask on i was like you know people they they, they just don't care so they're they don't. i was on i was on the phone with mama before uh christmas and stuff and i was saying i don't think i'm gonna be able to make it for Christmas this time, and you know, the Mississippi is so bad down there. And my mama was like, Don't come down here. <laughs> Look, my folks um, had uninvited. I got uninvited, but they ended up inviting me back. So I'm like, And my kids were there. That's the thing. My kids were already there. Then yeah. I had an exposure to COVID. Somebody um, I was around ended up testing positive. So they were like, mm. Oh. <laughs> you stay where you live. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, yeah. hopefully, everybody staying safe and prayed up and living their best quarantine life. You know, I feel the yeah. wave of blue coming on in the next couple of weeks here. So, <laughs> <laughs> not the wave of blue. blue. Oh, yeah. Stop. I just want to shout out to Georgia. Y'all did what y'all had to do. Didn't they do that thing? They did. They did. One knock and all came through. I was proud. I was proud of Georgia. And shout out to Stacey Abrams, the true, the true person behind all that. So, well, definitely. We yeah. need her to come on over here to Alabama and Mississippi. <laughs> if Mississippi turns into a state before I die, I will feel like I live to see something because yeah, you know we will be telling the kids like y'all, we y'all age when Mississippi was red, girl. Like, <laughs> like I have no idea. Like I would honestly be surprised like, if that ever happens. Like if Mississippi turns I blue, think... you know something. <laughs> 
I think it I think it can. I do. Hit up Arkansas yeah. too. The man, the man that was sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk is from Arkansas. I saw that. I was like, it's mm-hmm. 60 years old. Like you that oh, you out there, you ain't got no mask on. First of all, where are your mm-hmm. kids grandkids? You don't have anything better to do <laughs> than to have propped up your dirty COVID feet that's been out there amongst all these individuals with no mask on. Lady Des, like who do you think you are? And and I'm so glad they got him. And I hope they identify everybody else. Because I think I saw oh, they're going through them. They are where, going through them. There are a bunch of them that are getting identified. Exactly. Someone said, Did you see the young girl tag her mom, uncle, and aunt? No, I didn't. <laughs> What's that chant they were singing? You were about to lose your job. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Doing too much, uh, <laughs> but I do appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate everybody. I said, All these U.S. history teachers and stuff, y'all better tell these kids the truth. <laughs> you better tell them, Camille better not no. come here. better not come home talking about. Did you see they had a peaceful protest back in 2021? Um, after no, that was terrible. From not a, not a, <laughs> y'all better not be up in there trying to Christopher Columbus these kids. <laughs> <laughs> you know they are. You know they don't come. I'm like, I'm gonna be ready. My niece and nephew better come home and tell me everything. <laughs> I'm that parent. I promise you, I am. Oh, I'm oh. like Camille's teacher. Oh, I keep in contact. Oh, so I don't have a problem. <laughs> but no, this has been fun. Thank you for having me. Of course, she'll definitely have to come back <laughs> on the podcast. Oh, yes. I'll be, I'm back whenever you need me, especially whenever my new book comes out or is on the way. We'll definitely talk about that. Most definitely. So, if you guys <laughs> definitely go on um, hey, on Amazon.com. This is his book. You all can check it out. Get a good screenshot in so you can go purchase it. It's $13.99. I know y'all got y'all stimulus checks, so go ahead and Ooh, order Come on. <laughs> Come on, six hundred dollars. <laughs> oh, I cannot. <laughs> but for real though, so um, thank you so much for coming on. It definitely has been a pleasure. So tell the audience how they can reach you off of the podcast and on social media. Um, yeah, most of my uh, postings that deal with me writing deal are on my Instagram, which is at underscore B-A Watson 93. That's my Instagram. Uh, Don't follow me on Twitter. But (laughs) yeah, that's my Instagram. (laughs) I am weak. See, the authenticity. That's what we're talking about. See how he kept it real? That's all we asked. (laughs) Don't follow me on Twitter. Only close friends and family members know my Twitter. (laughs) That's real though. So definitely you guys, if you guys like this, definitely share a comment. It will be uploaded tomorrow on your podcast and streaming services. So you can listen to it on your way to work or while you're working out or whatever else you are doing. Thanks so much for tuning in.